Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the kennel, take a deep seat, and put your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Before I moved to Colorado, my dad was hounding me, and what he was hounding me about was to go help a local rancher. Well, the reason this local rancher needed assistance is because he'd burned through every other intelligent day worker in about four counties. This guy was calling names, and I just didn't want to deal with any of that, and so I told him, I was like, look, man, I get, ain't got nothing against the guy personally, but the reason he can't find no help is because how he treats his help. And I don't care. You, 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 just because you're paying me 75 bucks a day does not give you the right to, to chew me out and cuss me out. It's just not going to happen. And, Dad, here's the deal. It would be better if I didn't go than to go and get called really bad names right to my face and have to jerk a 75-year-old man off his horse and beat him with split reins. Okay? Because if, you, if you're big enough to say it, you're big enough to back it up, right? And so I was like, Dad, I, just, I, I don't want to do that to you because Dad helped him all the time. And I, I just... Just didn't want to do it. But dad just kept on and on all the time. Hey, man, we really need your help. You know, don't go help. Then dad started playing the card of, don't look at it as helping him. I'm helping him. I need your help. I'm like, oh my gosh, dude, you're like pouring it on. So finally, I just, he wore me down. And I guess I was in a good mood one day. I was like, fine, fine, I'll go. But this is the only time because we had a lot of, they had a lot, two day work coming up. And it was just dad at the time. And so anyway, I told Dad, I said, yeah, I'll go. So we went down the night before and stayed in the bunkhouse. And we got up the next morning. So, uh, breakfast was supposed to be at 5.30 that morning. The front door to the house was locked. And we sat on the porch until about 7.15 whenever the rancher got up. Yeah, that's about how this started, right? And so, you know, he's like, oh, y'all come on in. You know, I've just been watching the news. You know, still in his underwear, right? Uh, no, not really. He wasn't. But anyway, so, so it comes time to get saddled up and, and go. And see, Dad had told me, he's like, hey, man, we, really, we, we need you because we're going up on the mesa. I was like, well, what does that mean? Because I'd never been on the ranch before. And he goes, well, there's this big mesa there. And he said, but I got to warn you. He said, the roughest part of this whole two days of working is going to be the very beginning. And I said, why? And he said, well, to get up on top of this mesa is a hidden trail. And he said, you'll never be able to find it on your own. And he said, and I'm just warning you that I've worked up there for five or six years now. And there's cowboys that refuse to ride up this trail. They'll get off their horse and walk it up the trail because it's, it's that rank. And I was like, ah, you know, I can do this, you know, because that's what being part of, you know, one of the qualifications of being a cowboy is having a stupid sense of self-confidence, right? I can do this. I can do this. So anyway, I get on my horse that I had borrowed and oh, a buddy of mine had said, hey, man, can you ride this horse, he needs ridden, yeah, I'll take him. So anyway, I get out there, and he's one of his roping horses, and you never know what this guy was going to do, but he was being pretty good that morning, and so we ride out, and it's, it's, the, it's the rancher's granddaughter is leading the way, because she lives there, she knows where the hidden trail is, and then it's me, and then it's dad, and then it's the big boss man. We get about five minutes from headquarters, and the big boss man says, y'all hold up a second. You know, so all three of us held up. It was like, you know, there were like 90 of us. Y'all hold up a second. So all three of us pulled up, and we turned around and looked at him. He goes, you know what? I changed my mind. He said, I'm going to go ahead and take the truck up there. I wasn't going to, but I, I just I have a feeling. Now, 
there is a road up onto the mesa. And it was like, I don't even remember what I said in the first service. It's like 12 or 15 miles of dirt road just to get up on top of this mesa. And so he gets off his horse. And I mean, we're turning around to go back for the truck. He goes, I'll walk back. He said, y'all got a two-hour ride ahead of you. And he hands his mare to me and says, pony my mare up there. So I'm fixing to go up this trail that some cowboys won't even ride up, but now I've got to ride my horse and pony a mare. Anybody ever tried to pony a mare that wasn't part of your string? It does not work that well because as soon as he handed me the reins, she tried to bite my horse on the butt. My horse tried to take her head off with his back feet. I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a wreck. So anyway, the big boss man, he starts walking back to the ranch to get the truck, and here we go. We're following his granddaughter, and it's still granddaughter front. Me and the boss man's horse in the middle and dad on the back. Dad said, I'll wait at the back in case you have to roll back down. I can pick you up. Great. Sounds like a plan, dad. Thanks. So we get up there, and I'm not kidding, guys. When they said hidden trail, I'm talking about something from Lord of the Rings. I mean, like, you know, the bush moves aside. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was really hidden. Actually, it was behind a mesquite tree. Like, as you're riding along, unless you've got off, ah, it's like a two-track ranch road, but it just went along the base of the mountain. If you didn't get off that and ride around this mesquite bush, you'd never find this trail. So she goes around, she finds it, and I let her, and I watch her go up. You ever seen those motorcycle uh Places, and I think they do at Doom Buggies too, where they go up the hills and they're like, and then they die. That's what this was like. Hey, that's what this was like. So anyway, she's going up, and she gets all the way to the top. I mean, her horse is just scrambling because there's loose rocks, and it's wicked. I'm starting to get nervous now. I'm like, oh, no. How's this going to work? So I did what any good cowboy would do. I just figured I was going to die. What a way to go, huh? So she gets over the top, and so, anyway, I look back and tell my dad I love him. Here we go. Pony and a mare, and we go up this, and about halfway up is when it really starts getting steep. Well, my horse has waited until halfway up until my horse once again started trying to kick the boss man's horse in the face, and the mare was trying to bite me, and we went up that with my horse sideways and me slapping the mare trying to get her to not bite me, and we made it up the top. It was by God's grace and God's grace alone. Oh, my God. And I, you know what? In, in all honesty, I was just a little wet when I got up to the top. I just peed a little. It wasn't a lie. wasn't anything that wouldn't dry by the time we got there. But whenever I got to the top, it was like another world. I mean, just if you didn't know you were on a mountain, you wouldn't have known you were on a mountain. Okay? I know how crazy that sounds, but as far as you could see, it just looked like a plain. Just grass everywhere. There was actually grass on that ranch. There's grass everywhere. It looked beautiful. It looked beautiful. A whole different world. Today we start a series, a three-part series, called the Mesa Maze. The Mesa Maze. So a mesa is basically a mountain with the top cut off, right? You got the Grand Mesa over, you know, on the western slope, I mean, that thing has its own ski slope up there, right? There's like literally different ecosystems on these mountains. And what we're going to be talking about over the next three weeks is how to get past the plateau that you didn't even know you were on. You know, a plateau, especially like in sports or working out or something like that, is when you reach a level that you just kind of flatline. 
You know, you don't, you don't go back down, but you're not going up either. You're just kind of flatlined. We're going to be talking about how to get past that plateau. But first, I need you to know something. Before we talk about how to get past the plateau, I want to congratulate each and every one of you. I want to congratulate you. Because listen, you don't get to get past the plateau unless you make it up on the plateau. And you've had to grow to get to that point. Now, I don't know each and every one of you personally. A lot of you I do. But I have seen how far you've come. I've watched it happen. I've seen, you know, I, I remember some of your first days when you walked in here. And for some of you, it was a couple of weeks ago. For others, it's been years and years, nearly a decade ago. But I've seen how much you've grown. And I want to acknowledge today, before we talk about the harder stuff, I want to remind you of just how far you've come. You know, we talk a lot about how far we've got to go. But every once in a while, I think it's a good idea to stop and turn around and look back over our shoulder because you know what? Every single one of y'all have come a long, long ways. Let me tell you how you did it. You did it first. You grew to this point right here by doing stuff that you didn't really feel like doing. You got here today by doing what you didn't really want to do. You did it because it was right, not because it was easy. Because you had tried that before, of taking the easy way every single time, and you realized that it wasn't getting you anywhere. So what you started doing is you started doing stuff that you normally wouldn't do. You might have picked up your Bible. You might have turned it on a, on a sermon on the radio inst instead of, you know, uh, bro country. You know what I mean? Oh, and by the way, I just want to say I'm sorry. The other day, um, I have repented, but I did actually catch myself singing along to a Florida Georgia Line song, and I just want to apologize, okay? It was not intentional. I didn't even know it was them that was singing. I have br I know, I, I brushed my teeth, and if y'all want to fire me, you can try. You know, I wouldn't blame you if you did, but I'm just saying it's not going to happen again, okay? But no, you, you, you got here today, you've grown because... You did some stuff that you normally wouldn't do or you didn't want to do. You know what? You got here because you got tired of your own excuses. You know, that's what growth is. Growth is when you start finally doing what you know you should have been doing since the beginning and you just got sick of listening to your own excuses. That's how you got here. That's how you've made it this far. Yeah, you may have a long way to go, but stop for just a second. Turn around and look. You know what? You've come a long way and I'm proud of you. And so is God. You know, you've worked at jobs that you didn't like, and you lived in houses that you didn't like. Made you cringe. You've come a long ways. Acknowledge that. I'm not saying that now that, you, you know, I'm done. I did one thing that I didn't want to do, and I never have to do that again. No, you just get better at it. Okay? You don't get a Boy Scout badge for, I did the dishes. Never have to do them again. No, that's not the way it works. I'm married now. I'm learning this stuff. You know, you figured out, you got here today by figuring out that to grow, you do that not by doing more, but by doing what God has already, what God has called us to do and do it better. That is our model for growth. And one of the hardest things that we do, the most complicated thing in the world that we do is try to keep things simple. And it is difficult because the simplest thing in the world is to make things complicated. You know, especially with our long experience cowboys, when we're talking to people about giving away beef and everything, 
they got so many great ideas that are so complicated. You know, it was like, uh, we'd need like a staff of 400 people to pull that off. It's a great idea, but we're not going to do that. We're just going to butcher beef and give it to hungry families. That's it. That's it. That, that right there is enough. And we're going to do that, and we're going to get better at it, and better at it, and better at it, and better at it. Not for our sake, but for the glory of God. And you know what? You've done a lot of things that you didn't want to do. You've made things complicated when they should have been simple, but now you're trying to simplify everything because your life's too complicated. You're growing. And I want to congratulate you. Okay? Today's not the day for telling you that you need to do this and you need to do that. Today is, I want you to take today and just realize, seriously, just how far you have come. In Galatians 6, 9, the Apostle Paul says, so don't give up doing the right thing. If you keep to the right trail, you're going to find the narrow gate that leads to everything you never dreamed possible. Galatians 6, 9, simplified cowboy version. So don't give up doing the right thing. If you keep to the right trail, you're going to find the narrow gate that leads to everything you never dreamed possible. Man, I want some of that right there. You know where you find that? You find it through growing. And you know how you grow? You grow by doing things that you might not normally want to do. you got to turn off Netflix and then open it up to Nehemiah. Okay? you got to... You got to drop the Hulu and open up Habakkuk out of that. So that's deep right there. So how do you grow? You, you've, you've grown by doing stuff that you normally didn't want to do because I know that some of you, y'all didn't come to church every single Sunday. Now, now I know a lot of you that don't want to miss it. You've grown and you've done it by doing things that you normally wouldn't want to do. You know what else you've done? You found the right trail. You found that hidden trail. And you know what? That trail is steep and it's narrow and it's tough. And there were so many times that you wanted to quit. There were so many times about halfway up that you just wanted to give up, but you didn't. You got to where you are today because you found the trail and you kept going. You didn't stop. You slipped and you slid and you nearly rolled all the way back down. But you know what? You found your footing and you kept going. I've seen it happen. I know it's happened. Look back and see just how far you've come. Congratulations. Seriously. Not joking. I'm proud of y'all. I've seen it. You showed grit and determination not to be better than others. You didn't start this trip so that you could be better than others. You did it so that you would be better than who you were yesterday. That's important. That's what it takes in order to grow. And the trail that everyone, see, this whole world is searching for something. And I hope today that you understand that more money is not going to satisfy you. A bigger house is not going to satisfy you. A better horse, it may satisfy you a little bit, but don't take that to the bank. 11-quartered horse trailer is not going to satisfy you. There's only one thing that's going to fill that place in your heart. And that's no, not a jet ski, but it does start with a J. I'm proud of you, Mitch. It's a Jesus ski. Not really. You know it is. You know it's Jesus. He's the, he's the one that fills that empty place in our heart. And you know what? Every single person on this planet is looking for the key that fits in that hole in their heart, but you have found it. Maybe you haven't unlocked it yet, but you're on the right trail. You have found it. Everything that everyone else has been looking for, you are here today and you've heard what it is. You have found the right trail. And in John 14, 6, Jesus also congratulates you because he talks about that trail and he says, I am the trail. I am the truth. And I am the life. No one gets to God without going through me. 
John 14, 6, simplified cowboy version. You found it. Congratulations, seriously. Man, there was a time when you didn't know who God was. When you were out there living for yourself and all the pleasures and dealing with all the pain, you were absolutely by yourself even when you were surrounded by people. But now you've got God that lives in your heart, or at least I pray that He does. Congratulations. You've grown. You've made it this far. You did a lot of stuff that you didn't want to do. And you found what everybody else has been looking for. And give yourself a break. Look back and see just how far you've come. You know what else you've done to get to this point right here? You have learned how to handle the unexpected. And you know what? That, that's kind of, I, I think that when things happen unexpectedly, maybe more towards the negative side, things didn't go exactly the way we planned it. And um, I think that we usually have a term for that. We call it a bad day. But let me ask you a question. Was it really a bad day or was it just a bad couple of minutes? You know, was it just a bad couple of minutes? Because a lot of times we allow unexpected things to affect us in a negative way where it, that negative few minutes turns into a whole day of just mulling it over and being mad about it. But you've learned how to deal with the unexpected and I'm proud of you. You want to know how I know you've learned how to deal with the unexpected? Is because in one sense, you're perfect. In one sense, you are perfect. Okay? Let me tell you what that is. Every single one of you, every single one of you has made it through 100% of your bad days, haven't you? You have. You have made it through 100% of every bad day you've ever had. And you know what? 100% ain't bad. 100% ain't bad. That's like batting a thousand. Wait, do you bat a thousand or do you bat one? I don't know. Whatever baseball term makes me sound wise, use that. Okay? But seriously, you've learned how to deal with the unexpected. Because listen, here's something you have to know about the unexpected, or what I hope that you've learned. Just because it was unexpected to you doesn't mean it was unknown to God. Because God is never going to look down, never in the history of the world, or the future of the world, or whatever we want to call it, not at no point is God ever going to look down and go, whoo, Kevin, good luck with that. I didn't see that one coming. You're on your own, buddy. <laughs> He's not going to do that, okay? He knows the past and the future. He's the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. Just because it was unexpected to you doesn't mean it was unknown to God. And that gave you faith. And that gave you faith. Look, man, you've come a long way. You've, you've learned to do stuff that you'd rather not do, okay? You've found what everybody else is looking for, okay? You've learned how to handle the unexpected. You've made it through 100% of your bad days. And you know what else you've done? You've dealt with conflict, haven't you? You've dealt with some conflict. You had people trying to kick you all the way up. While you're trying to struggle and grow and get better and become who God has made you to be, you've had conflict with people, people that tried to drag you down, people that tried to bite you in the butt, kick you in the face. I get it. And life itself seems to pull back at just the right moment, doesn't it? Just right when you think everything's going good, man. Something tries to jerk your arm out of socket. I know, I've been there, but we've got past it. You just keep moving and moving. And you know what? I know that a lot of times during these conflicts, man, you, you were scared, you were hurt, possibly even clinically depressed at the time. But you know what? You still made it. You've learned how to deal with conflict. You loved people. Look back, man, you loved people. Maybe not to the best of your ability, because I think that we can all do a little bit better. But you know what? You tried, and you loved people. And we're going to keep on doing that 
learning that that is what God is all about. God is love. When we love others, we're loving like God does. In 1 John 4, verses 7 and 8, this is what the Apostle John, the only one to stand at the, the only apostle or disciple at the time to be at the foot of the cross was John. And he writes these words. He said, Cowboys, you've got to love one another. God loves us and we pay it forward to others. Whoever loves another rides for God and knows him. Those who don't love, don't ride for the brand. 1 John 4, 7 and 8, simplified cowboy version. We're going to keep on loving people even though that there's been conflict. There's, if there's, I would say if there's more than one person that there's going to be conflict, but even when I'm by myself, there's conflict because I can second guess myself all day long and I argue with myself all day long. Maybe you're not like that, but I'm delusional or something. Man, you've come so far. I don't know your circumstances, but you've come a long way. And it needs to be acknowledged. You're not who you once were. You did a lot of stuff that you didn't want to do. You did the hard things. You did the hard things. You found what everybody else was looking for. And you recognized it for what it is. You learned how to handle the unexpected. You've dealt with conflict. And finally, finally, you've reached the top. You come up over the edge. You've come up over the edge and you've made it. Despite the odds and in spite of all those that doubted you or tried to stop you, you made it. Congratulations. Congratulations. You clawed and scraped for every inch, and I want to congratulate you for making it to where you are now because most of the world will not. You are the elect. You are the select. You are the future of Christianity as we know it. You've reached the top. But while I want to congratulate you for making it this far, I also need to warn you about the Mesa. You can't stay here, guys. You can't stay here. I know how hard you've worked. I know how far you've come. I don't know your individual struggle, but I know what Christians go through. I know what this culture goes through. And I can see it in some of your eyes that you've been through a lot. You can't stay here. It's, ba it's beautiful, yeah. It's flat. There's no deep gullies or impassable peaks. But you can't stay here. And I know, who doesn't want to live on the top of a mountain? Everybody wants to be on top of the mountain, but you can't stay here, guys. You can't stay here. And there's a reason that you can't stay. And it's because of this. You can't grow on the plateau. Can't do it. You can't grow on the plateau. And if you were paying attention, God told you a few ways that you can continue to grow, just like you have been. You do hard things. You do stuff that you don't want to do. You found the trail and you didn't quit. You learned that the unexpected to you isn't unknown to God. You've never let anyone stop you. And you've reached the top. But you can't stay there. And here's the second reason that you can't stay up on the mesa. Because there's sheep up there that you have to work. Okay? I have finally figured out why I don't like alpacas is because they're just long-necked sheep. That's all an alpaca is. God took a sheep, extended the legs, pulled the head out a little bit, said, now it's an alpaca. Okay? That's why I don't like alpacas, because I don't like sheep. So we had to gather about 500 head of sheep. It could have been 5,000. It could have been 50. It doesn't matter. If there's more than one sheep, it's dumb. Okay? So we gathered up all the sheep. We were going to dock the, the lamb's tails, and then we were going to drench uh, all the older sheep. If you don't know what drenching is, it's, uh, I'll have Jaylene come up and give an, uh, an explanation of what drenching sheep is like, since that's what she does. Or not, that's not what she does, but it deals with sheep. But anyway, you put them in these crowding alleys, okay? You stuff them as full as they can get. I mean, just smashed in there, like putting two loaves of bread into one bag, okay? That's what you try to do. 
because you have to get in there and you walk through all of these sheep and you got a marker in one hand, you got a backpack with a drenching gun and you lift their heads up, you stick this tube down their throat and you pull the trigger and it gives them a little dose of medicine and you make a mark saying that you got them. And you do that over and over and over for the rest of your life. So we're going along through there, and I'm, I get, I'm the youngest one there that's not a girl, so guess who got to do all the drenching? Me. Dad is like, I need your help. No, you just wanted me to drench. <laughs> but anyway, so we go through, I don't know how many of these alleys doing all this. Well, we finally get down to the last little batch. Well, there's not enough to fill the alley up. And that creates a problem because, you know, you pack them in there so that they can't go anywhere. And now when they can turn back, dad has to get in the alley with me. So we're like holding all these sheep and I'm trying to drench. I'm handing him the gun. He's handing marker and we're doing good. And we get right up to the end, like right up to the end. And my dad is next to me and I hear him basically let out a scream telling me, Kevin, look out, look out. That's the last thing I remember. The next thing I know I'm being trampled. I don't know by what, but it hurts, and it hurts bad. And if you want to know what happened, guess what? you got to come back next week, and I'll tell you exactly what happens as we continue with the three-part series called The Mesa Maze. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, thank you for the journey that you have put us on. This journey leads God only to you, and it is our life's mission to do your mission. And your mission was to tell others the good news of Jesus Christ, to go out into the world and make disciples of all men and all nations baptizing them, <clears throat> and making them disciples. To tell others of God's glory and majesty and to live in such a way, God, help us to live in such a way that honors you and only you and brings others into the fold. Help us to be who you made us to be, and it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, y'all listen up right quick before we go. I love y'all. Even y'all nodheads, I love y'all too.